You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Album Tunes, Here Before You Die. episode we'll be talking about wire pink flag on the line i have rob yes sir ben hello john yeah and kyle hi there pink flag is the first studio album by the english band wire it was released in november 1977 on harvest records the producer was mike thorne and the genre is punk rock art punk and post-punk and i'm gonna read from the book chris shade Unashamedly middle class and older than most of their contemporaries, ex-art students Wire nonetheless recorded the most original album of punk's first wave. Pink Flag takes punk rock template to even further extremes. It features 21 songs in 35 minutes. Few of the tracks follow traditional verse-chorus patterns with the band grinding to a halt once they had run out of lyrics or had become tired of repeating a riff or hook. The resulting sound was far colder and more brutal than anything else at the time. A minimalist approach reflected in the solidarity raised pink flag on the album's stark sleeve. The consciously intellectual lyrics sometimes read like mathematical equations or surrealist poetry. They touch upon politics and sexual paranoia, while vocalist Colin Newman reserves much of his vitriolic bile for the thrashing rant of Mr. Suit. Pink Flag's lowly sales at the time were inadvertently proportional to his artistic influence. The immediate post-punk scene embraced its experimental minimalism, while hardcore adopted its savage intensity and brevity. All right, what do we think of Wire, Pink Flag? Great record. Man, I I had never heard this album before, and it blew my mind. (laughs) Yes. Dude, dude, same. Awesome. So, so good. Yeah. Late 90s, John Boggs was very into the Louisville post-punk hardcore scene. And like all of this hit all those like baby Boggs nodes. Like, ah, so good. I didn't know that we got post-punk the same year we got punk. Yeah. How that happened. (laughs) (laughs) They're from the future. (laughs) I guess it's just Bill and Ted's band. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking about that too. Well, this is 77. Ramones was 76. Yep. So there was. I thought it was 77. 76. Was it not? No, 76. 76. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So punk lasts like nine months. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, some people say that because the Roxy opened. uh, It was like 1977 and closed six months later or nine months later. So some people are like, yeah, punk died with the Roxy. It was like (laughs) that brief. (laughs) I was thinking too about uh, punk and. 
why this would be. Why did we get post-punk and why did we get punk the same year? And I think it's one of those switches when you have such a revolution, such a flip in the thinking of how to create music, you're going to have a bunch of different genres like pop up at the same time because it's 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 new, it's innovative, it's something spinning the old way on its head so much so that no one really knew, well, what does this mean? You know, what is... What what does it mean to be rock and roll? Is it boogie woogie? Is it you know? Is it straight ahead rock? You know, people are all thinking these different things. Same with punk. It's like new wave at the same time as post punk and punk. We just didn't know what we were calling it. I mean, you you had on that Ramones tour uh, through foggy London town. You had uh, Talking Heads on that same thing. Like they, they were. Both those bands were on the same bill. Like you, so yeah. I mean, there were two different ways you could go with it. You could be really excited about Talking Heads, like Brian Eno, and start, and then go go help out Bowie with Low, or you could start a fucking punk band uh, and come out with the Clash's first fucking record, or you know, Sex Pistols or anybody else. And then I think Wire kind of split the difference. <laughs> they 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 were they were art school kids who uh, who liked the energy of punk, but. Nope, they were. This is this. This sounds like art school kids to me. It does sound like art school kids. Mm. Yeah, I've played shows with these people. (laughs) (laughs) So, you guys who haven't listened to this record before, uh, my question is, why not? I I I mean, not in a weird way, because I have a follow-up question. Yeah, I just uh, for me, I just did not know. Like, it wasn't on my radar. Everything else was on my radar, like Minor Threat, Black Flag, you know, (laughs) REM uh you know later emo and screamo stuff but never never this i mean for some reason it just didn't pop up i don't know why yeah i just didn't know yeah same like i i, I knew the band i knew like i knew that album cover you know I, I always see that and uh i don't know i i it just missed me there's there's too much music to to find yeah <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm asking because like uh, a, a friend of mine who has like a lot of really good vinyl, um, I wanted to maybe listen to this record on vinyl uh, for the first time to get ready for this episode. And he was like, it's too British. <laughs> you guys ever not listen to something because it's too British? No. Too British. That's weird. That's, okay. a, that's a weird. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe Herman's Hermits. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a weird one because they sound like they're. I guess they do have a bit of an accent. Uh, I hadn't really considered that. That's interesting. But the sound, like as adopted, is very approachable. It's like the DC punk scene totally co-opted it. Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. This is you know Henry Rollins, one of his favorite bands. Um, yeah, Bad mm-hmm. Brains, Minor Threat, all those sort of DC hardcore, and then yeah, obviously REM and some of those others. I have found it so. I actually, the funny thing is, I think I first heard this in art school. Uh, from, yeah, from someone else. Uh, and I thought, this is awesome. You know, this is great. This is a a very cool, you get these short shots of, of different influences. Once they're done with the song, they're just done with the song. It doesn't have to, it doesn't leave you with this, uh, melodic trail off of verse, chorus, verse, chorus. It's just, it's what would become of um, the Minutemen and some of those other 
the Coke Dares, Coke like we always like to say. <laughs> yeah. uh, those other that bands so that, that we we do, I find it so, I still find it jarring listening to this because it sounds like everything is sucked out in those drums. There's no reverb. There's no, there's no room space. Everything sounds so dead. Yeah. If you've ever recorded, and they call, you know, that room with all the pillows, all the padding, the dead room. You go in there, you, you know, yeah. there's no reverb. That's what everything sounds like. It sounds like the Joy Division sort of pulling everything out of there, and it's almost like a tin can, like a, a s- small space. It, it's claustrophobic and like a punk club, alienating in a way. And most punk clubs I've been to, though, have terrible <laughs> reverb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. But it's like the, a racquetball court. Yeah, but Ooh. this it, it, it's interesting. It has that that sort of a. Uh, Interesting. You you mentioned punk club too, and they thought it was hilarious because they would get people, quote unquote, pogoing, uh, dancing around, and then they would just stop the song, and people would still be dancing, and they thought it was hilarious that they, <laughs> would, just, they would just you know like, stop it on. Man, so Birch, I was thinking about that 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 dead room sound. Would you, would you say that maybe a packed basement sounds like a dead room? Yeah, a bit. Just yeah. a basement, basement full of meat. <laughs> yeah. The ideal venue for a a, a hard, for a punk, hard band. punk show, yeah, <laughs> is a is a <laughs> meaty basement. <laughs> I would say even beyond that, though, because the symbols have the there's just no air. It, yeah, it sounds like it's in space or something. <laughs> it sounds like what we'll get later with um, electronic music, sort of techno or things that are replicated. Of, of this, these different time signatures and stuff. It, yeah. Wires is a fantastic band. Yes. I wouldn't really know about the, uh, the sound of a bunch of meat in a basement because <laughs> either A, I was drunk, or B, I was playing, I'd blown my ears out with my stupid loud amp, or C, I was upstairs sitting in the kitchen on the counter because <laughs> I didn't want to be downstairs because it smelled bad. And the beers were in the fridge. Yeah, I definitely had multiple times that like like insulation from a basement ceiling at a show got into my eyeballs and like <laughs> totally irritated the shit out of my like early batch of contacts. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I walked home sweaty and half blind and really happy. <laughs> so, you know, you did a good job. That's right. <laughs> when you're crying because of asbestos in your eyes. <laughs> One of the reasons I got into this record when I uh, this record when I was younger, this particular record was uh, the song "Strange." Did that song sound familiar to anybody else? Uh, REM covered it on their 1987 record document. That is the longest oh, yeah? song on the album at three minutes and fifty eight seconds. <laughs> yeah, have you guys not heard REM's version? I'm not. I guess I haven't. I don't think so. I don't remember. Oh, is it good? It's quite good. Yeah, it's played actually at like twice the speed of the the song on the record. But, uh, you know, Michael Stipe kind of sounds a little different than this guy. <laughs> Than Colin. 
Well, there's a lot of people that that emulated and, and wanted to be this sound some more than others to the point that Elastica basically oh took all of Three Girl Rumba and made it uh, Connection, which was the, the yeah, biggest right? hit off their album. <laughs> I think they settled out of court on that. They did. Uh, oh, yeah. did they not? They didn't give credit? <laughs> no. Ah. Nope. I, I knew that. Yeah, was... the guitarist from that band wrote a lot of their songs and <laughs> borrowed uh, a lot from a lot of other stuff. <laughs> the stranglers and wire. Yeah. I mean, great places to copy, but like, Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, show your work. <laughs> sure. Especially when you do it that blatantly. Is anyone else really into the crunchy guitar tone on this whole record? Oh yeah. Th- this record uh, yeah. just yeah. crunches. And, and especially yeah. on songs like, like strange. And right now we're listening to, to pink flag and especially like that beginning of it when it's still like building up. Yeah, Pink Flag in particular, I feel like sounds like the rawest song on the record. Mm-hmm. Almost like maybe it was from a demo or something. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but love this song. Is that just like some healthy tube distortion or? Yeah, it sounds like a big, uh, if I had to guess, it'd be a big muff sound, which is an overdriven distortion. It's overdrive plus distortion. You get a lot of times with overdrive, it, it sounds beefy. It sounds like mm-hmm. muscular, bassy. Uh, and then the distortion on the top end of it. So it, okay. you get that big tube sound w- with uh, uh, that distortion. I don't know what they're they're using, though. If they're using a Marshall and then distortion just on the thin part. Um, sounds great, though. It, get, it yeah, gives like a real thick shit. Yeah, it sounds it sounds uniform, but it's like low end and high end combined at the same time. It, yeah, it's it's a great. It's a great sound, um, especially for, you know, I feel like punk bands don't we don't give them enough credit or maybe too much credit uh, because they're always have the same guitar tone or similar guitar tones. Everybody wants to sound the same. But, yeah, this has a unique, uh, unique sound for sure. Colin Newman said uh, in February 1977, we played the Roxy Punk Club in London and were told not to come back. (laughs) 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 <laughs> then george <Why>? then george <laughs> uh the uh, george gill founder original guitarist fell down the stairs and broke his leg <laughs> and we kicked him out of his oh. own band <laughs> oh, <laughs> when we played the roxy again on the first of april you wouldn't have recognized the band that had previously played playing george's songs uh such as bad night at the lion <laughs> What? Did they kick him out because he broke his leg and he was no good to them anymore? I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> like, a, like a horse <laughs> putting you down. Yeah. He's like, I can still play guitar. Nah, yeah. man. No, no, can't uh, run, can't rock. They kicked him out of his his own band, his other band. They wanted him. That would be a good reason to both get kicked out of the Roxy and of a band and break your leg. Actually, yeah, math checks out. But I, I I don't know I didn't I didn't read about that. Yeah. Uh, I also was interested. In Colin uh, Newman had this quote, or he was saying, by this point I was obsessed with taking taking the in roll out of rock and roll and making it very precise, uh, ger- <laughs> Germanic. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense in a weird Dude, way. This so does rock, but this does not roll. I no, get no, it. The the opposite. No, it rocks. He's taking the and? rock out of, so he's Wait, saying so, enroll. So me? this is just enroll. Yes. So it's, this is just. I don't roll. see that. 
It's presenting the angular part of rock and roll. Okay. So it's all boner, no preamble. <laughs> it's all grind, like, no bump. Ah, it is all grind, no bump. There's very little bump. Yeah. But that mm-hmm. being said, of the 21 songs on this album, they are all different. I mean, they're not like they're not the same expression time and time again. They are doing interesting new things. Some stuff sounds like post-punk hardcore. Some stuff sounds almost traditional rock sound. Like there's only one song that I think sounds like traditional rock, which is fragile. But, you know, there's all sorts of weird stuff going on across the whole album. Do you guys have any favorites? Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> I, 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 I love the first four tracks. Uh, Reuters, yep. Field Day for the Sundays, Three Go Rumba, and X Lion Tamer. Like it just the way the album kicks off just grabbed me immediately. Yes. Somewhere in the middle, uh, uh, again, I've there's 21 songs, so I've probably given it four or five listens, and so there's still time for me to be able to. For me, right now, it gets kind of mucky in the middle a little bit uh, until right around Pink Flag at the end of uh, side one. I really dig uh, most of the end of side two, especially uh, uh, Mannequin. Like some of their songs that do have more of a hook you can hang your hat on. Uh, you, you know, I'm going to like those. Yeah, I marked that Mannequin was very catchy. Yeah, it's in- yeah, it's interesting. Even with being a anti rock or post punk, it they're still they still interject the catchiness of of a lot of uh, of this stuff. It's cool. And they did some structure. They, they end with a rave up on each side of yep. the albums. Like side one ends with a rave up. Side two ends with a rave up. Like yeah. it feels good. Yeah. I think X Lion Tamer, you know, for them saying like, you know, like uh, I'll grind no bumper, I'll enroll no rock. I, X Lion Tamer with a different treatment could just be like a straightforward rock. It's got like a nice little four chord progression. It's got that hook with the like stick glue to your TV set. Yeah. I also like, so, so, you know, I, I, I'm not familiar with wires discography, but I do know that their sound evolves and changes a lot. And them being art school kids want, wanted to continue to be what was on their bleeding edge, as opposed to being a, a band that plays what they used to be but they recognized that people coming to a wire show in the 80s probably would be interested in hearing some songs on pink flag and would be upset if they didn't hear that so wire hired a wire tribute band called x lion tamers to open for them and just play like the first two albums (laughs) (laughs) isn't that an awesome way to do it that's a wonderful way (laughs) to do it that's incredible i didn't know that yeah, I went recently. I went to see um, Mike uh, Doty from Soul Coughing, and I thought, well, what's he gonna play? Like, is he gonna play these? You know, it, 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 he was supposed to play the entire album of uh, Ruby Ruby Vroom, which is like their first album, great album. I was like, well, he's got to play some other like hits from other albums, right? But before that, he had a person come up who was a comedian. It was a woman dressed up as an old Jewish man doing a bit. Uh, it's sort of like a what you would say, Rodney Dangerfield sort of act or, you know, just <laughs> Andrew Dice Clay. Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah, just that. <laughs> but then that person w- was singing in a in a, a cadence, sort of a torch singing these uh, uh, hits that for soul coughing. So 
it presented all these songs and you're like, well, now I've heard that song. I don't need to hear it later on. I guess I've technically heard that song. Yeah. So (laughs) I think that that's a smart way to do it though, is have a, have another, you know, I don't want to do this. I know everyone wants to hear it. Let's just do this. And it makes sense. That's a brilliant way. It's fantastic. I am disappointed. We're not going to get chairs missing. Cause I do feel like that, I guess it depends on what side you are on for, for a wire or what you want out of wire in a band, but that presents a new wave ish. It's more complex. It, it, it brings in more song structures, but it doesn't have the punk attitude of pink flag. So it's, it's a bit of the clash London calling situation, uh, where obviously the first one is very good, but also London Calling has um, incredible merits as well. The album covers of those two first albums, Pink Flag and Chairs Missing, look like it could be two halves of a diptych. Like the the, the composition of both of them is, like, I'm assuming it was the same visual art, uh, graphic graphic artist, but just that that. They very like the, the that central focal point of like the lone white flag on the horizon on on pink flag and then in chairs missing is that lone vase of flowers on like the flat table you know it just yeah it looks like like two parts of a series almost you know mm-hmm. I mean if you want to cover it in seventy eight and just make it one thousand and two albums you might see it before <laughs> you die let's, let's go for it yeah I think yeah I'm gonna highly recommend it. Um, especially if you like this, because it's it, it's kind of mind blowing. It's understandable, but at the same time, you're like, "Whoa, this band took a it's like a ninety degree turn or something." So I'm uh, intrigued. I'm sorry, real quick how how did you guys get into Wire? Like, what was the first exposure you had to this band? This is it. Like this, we're week. looking at it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <clears throat> and Birch. Yeah, you I got said it in, you when you were in art school. Being an yeah, art kid. I think I, uh, I think I got it in college. I might have dipped in earlier because I was a dork and I just researched everything about punk rock I could. Uh, but yeah, I started. I really started getting into it when I was, uh, yeah, getting more into DC hardcore and and that kind of music. It's still great. It's just so, I don't know. Yeah, it's so inspirational too because it, it feels like. It feels like a real punk band that is just, hey, we have an idea. Okay, put it down. It's a minute long. Well, who cares? You know, it it has that that sort of idea. That's kind of punk as fuck, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even the Ramones have a sort of set structure of like, here's this, then this, maybe a one note solo or whatever, and then we're done. You know, sure. it's like verse, course, verse, course, and this is just no holds barred. It's whatever your idea is, and then we're done. I just remember getting like a one of those compilation CDs that you would get in the late nineties, early two thousands. That was like, oh, this is punk or something like that. But it had Reuters on it, and I was like, what is this? Like Reuters, like yeah. <laughs> powerful track, dude. What an opener! It, it, yeah, this, this album had me from like the first thirty seconds. Yeah. Strong it doesn't album. let any song go on too long. You know, it's yeah. like, here you go. Yeah. You don't like this? Here's the next song. <laughs> so it, yeah, it brings that dynamic in for sure. Everybody can then now use that. I gotta be done. 
I think I do remember now uh, how I originally heard it is Minor Threats. Uh, they covered uh, 1-2-X-U. Okay. Yeah, right. on their dis- discography. Um, yeah, and I was I investigated after anybody, anybody that was covering someone else, I was I would try to look up the, the originator. As you mentioned that they're they're playing uh, Strange, which R.E.M. covered. Yeah, I recognize it now. I hear it. Yeah. Yeah, because it's a lot slower. It's interesting. That, it's, yeah, it's half speed. That, yeah. Um, I did think it was interesting that Newman was really enamored with Patti Smith. The Ramones uh, sort of attended a damn concert at the Roxy. So they just that's one of the ways that they, you know, sort of were inspired. It's amazing to go back and just say, hey, how many bands started because the Ramones toured England? I they were like Johnny Appleseed. I know they were. All of them. <laughs> uh, but but I think Patty Smith for obviously this band. Absolutely. It kind of makes uh makes sense. Her sort of uh avant poetry and weird yeah. cadences. She wrote vocals for uh Blue Oyster Cult. Did she? Yes. <laughs> yes, she did. All right, I got one more quote, too, from Rollins. He says, The things that struck me about him uh, were the precision, the lack of solos, the almost mocking tone of Colin Newman's voice, the intensity of the guitar tone. They were completely full-on without being macho. It was quite a lesson to me. It's a good quote, Rollins. That's a nice distinction, too. Full-on without being macho. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Do we... This is probably a reaction to like Steely Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, do we need to go around the room? Is it any, do we have any doubters here? Everybody on the wire train. Positive from yeah, me. Yeah, this, this is great, man. Start Every, to finish, whole thing's good. Everybody's waving the pink flag. Yeah. Oh, is it, what, what's the is? The, I guess I should look up the lyrics to the song "Pink Flag." But what's the what's the meaning behind the pink flag? Does anyone know? Good question. I'm how many dead are alive? That's all you get. I did look try to look at it briefly, but I couldn't find the actual meaning of of why they had a pink flag. Yeah, I couldn't find it in any. Uh, yeah, I look for it too. Yeah, their stuff or or nautical texts or anything like. I mean, one two X U talks about you know like, and so I don't know if they're like trying to promote queer culture or not. But I mean, maybe there's a piece of it there, but it's not it's not explicit. I don't think let's just let's just all theorize on it. My theory is since they talk about war, how many have died, things like that. It's actually a white flag covered stained in blood. That's pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That makes most sense. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I just think white flag. What if it's pink? Well, they did think that, too, with one, two, X, U. Because it was the originally one to fuck you, and they're like, yeah. "That's just too easy. Why would we do that?" So they just changed it. They just yeah, they're like, "Let's censor ourselves." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When everybody else was trying to be the most extreme, you know, extreme punk, punk as fuck, they were just like, "No." Yeah, this is when Susie was wearing like a swastika. We're not doing that. <laughs> I mean, one two X U is a cooler name for a song than one two fuck you. Yeah, it's yeah. true. It's more interesting. Or two to one by Elastica. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Listen to Wire. This is awesome. Listen to Wire. Absolutely. Listen to Wire. 
All right, next time we'll be talking about John Martin, One World. All right, thanks, y'all.